titled today's message, Next Step. Next Step. I spoke last week, if any of you remember. <laughs> yes, I can actually speak two times in a row. <laughs> I, I spoke last week, and, and what did I talk about? Path being stepped on, paths in our lives. And I called it birthing because we're, that's where we are. We're birthing what we call a new era, right? A new era. That's, Gary says what? He says, get used to the new normal. So I would like to look at next step. Who knows that the Israel won the promised land? They did, but they had to fight for it. But they had to fight for it. Zig Ziglar, uh, it, who knows him? Uh, you know, all the young people look at you with a puzzled look. <laughs> he did pass in 2012, but he was a motivational speaker, kind of a salesman type guy. And he really had some uh, real zingers. He was just really good at, at quotes. And I have two here I'd like to share with you. And first one says, he said, people, people often say motivation doesn't last. Neither does bathing. That's why I recommend it daily. And then here's the one I want to really zero in on. He said, there's only one, one thing worse than training your staff and having them leave. It's not training your staff and having them stay. Who thinks and believes they've been to the school of hard knocks? Yeah. Listen, we have to learn from the mistakes of others. We're not going to live long enough to make them all ourselves. That's just the truth of it. You know, Jesus spent a lot of his ministry time doing what? Teaching his disciples. There was a lot of it. Sermon on the Mount, all the parables, and he would explain them to them later. Who knows we are disciples yeah you're a disciple Michelle Vicki you're a disciple Shannon you're a disciple of Jesus Christ Matthew 28 19 says go therefore and make disciples great commission go therefore and make disciples of Jesus. Someone else just asked, say my name. Well, here it is. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. John 14th chapter, verse 26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. Who doesn't love, love, love that Holy Spirit will bring all things to remembrance? Yeah, yeah. So we learn from Holy Spirit and we remember by Holy Spirit. We learn from Holy Spirit and we remember by Holy Spirit. Let's pray.
Let's begin next step in prayer. I'm going to talk about three things in next step. Wandering, fight the good fight, and who we are. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that we get to be disciples. Oh, blessed Jesus. How fortunate we are, Lord, that Holy Spirit has come into our life and led us and is guiding us and is teaching us all things. Father, I thank you that even today, even as we gather as the disciples of Christ, as bearers of the Holy One, that we're here today and we're going to hear from you, Lord, from Holy Spirit. I ask that your anointing and your teaching anointing be upon every soul here to hear what the Spirit is saying today, that you would anoint them mightily, Lord. They would not only hear the words that come through my mouth, but they will hear what Holy Spirit says, the living word says to their heart. Anoint them, Father. And I ask, Lord, for an anointing upon me that I'll be just like this microphone, Father, that it's a mouthpiece. But without your power, without the power anointed to it, it's worthless. So am I, Father. Need your anointing to anoint the words. We thank you, for Lord, for what you're doing here. We thank you for the miracles that are going to happen today. We bless you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Wandering. Have you ever lost something in your house? <laughs> you end up wandering around everywhere looking for it. What, what are we famous for losing today? You know, what do we lose today? Our phone. Our keys. Our glasses. Shoot, if I did, my heart wasn't in here, it'd be out there. You know, it's <laughs> just the way it is. A lot of my things magically appear in the bottom of a wash machine all cleaned up. <laughs> it just happens, you know. Who does the laundry in your house? Do they go through the pockets? Sorry, rabbit. <laughs> just gets washed, right? <laughs> uh, we should be looking for our purpose in life without wandering, right? We should. Who knows that early church dealt with social issues, too? They did. They were really no different in that respect than we are. You know, uh, we got a really great disciple over here put together a program to support those who we want to send meals to who need a little help when something happens in their life. Stephanie did a, a great thing putting that together for us, and we go help them. Well, Paul wrote to Timothy to help some people who needed some support. We're in the First Timothy, the fifth chapter, verses nine through thirteen. This is uh, New King James version, and he says, verse nine: Do not let a widow under sixty years old be taken into the number, and not unless she has been the wife of one man. Verse ten: Well reported for good works if she brought up children, if she has lodged strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet if she has relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. 11. But refuse the younger widows, 
For when they have begun to grow wanton against Christ, they may desire to marry. Twelve, having condemnation because they cast off their first faith. And then he says, where I want to zero in, and besides, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but gossips and busybodies, saying things which they ought not. Who knows this situation is true for much more than widows today. We are the most prosperous nation that's ever been on the face of this earth. And many would say we're in decline now, maybe, but we are the most prosperous. And while the qualifications for support back then were stiff, but the age cut off was sound, wasn't it? Who knows, in the old westerns, they used to call the guys who wandered drifters. They did, didn't they? And the drifters were never up to any good, were they? <laughs> Here's the thing. I have observed, observed over the years in the church, people wandering in and wandering out. having no real given purpose toward God. It's a disaster for a person's life. Does anyone believe that God doesn't have a purpose for our lives? He absolutely has a person, purpose for every person alive. He sent us here with a plan and a purpose and an objective for every one of us to live out. Any of you ever been to one of these giant amusement parks we have today? Got them all over the country. Every big city has one. And you get into the middle of the park and you get lost. You even got a map. But what good's the map? Because the map is a drone view, you know, shooting down. And you're down here in the middle of all these people. And you get lost. It's easy to do, isn't it? It really is. Well, some people, I'm talking about Christians, go through life like they're in a big Six Flags amusement park. And they're just wandering from one place to another trying to make themselves happy. This is how I see that looking. Listen up. Two guys are out. They're hunting the treasure. And they're going down this trail, and they're in the jungle. And they go down, they're following this trail in this jungle, and all of a sudden they lose the trail. And they're wandering along, and they can't find, and they're wandering along, and they come to a sign. And the sign says, you are lost. And both of them think, oh. And they look a little farther, and they see another sign. So, oh, good, there's a sign. And they go over to the sign, and they come up to it, and the sign says, Welcome to the food chain. This is one of the reasons why we come and do church, guys. Worship services, hearing the word, we get built up, we get edified, we get connected to God and to each other, and we get words from Holy Spirit for our lives and direction and hope for the future with 
admonishment. And the word for that is don't end up on the devil's food chain. He's like, what, a roaring lion going around seeking what, whom he can devour. If we go wandering around church to church, in and out of services, enough. Fight the good fight. First Timothy, the sixth chapter, verses 10 through 12, again, King James Version says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. I almost didn't include verse 10 because it's a big scripture on kind of giving, that kind of thing. I didn't really want to go down that. You see, it's the love of money, and I know God and poverty are not tied together with a short rope. I believe just the opposite. God and prosperity are tied together with a short rope. And some other time, maybe we can talk a message about why we believe that, that he wants prospers. prosperous. But he says, For the love of money is as a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Verse 11, But you, O man of God, who receives that? O man of God, O woman of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So what does he tell us to do? Flee those things which are a root of evil, the love of money, and pursue these things. Next step, guys. Here's how to fight the good fight of faith. Pursue, which is dikio, dioko, <laughs> to run and <laughs> to run swiftly to catch and to seek after eagerly. So pursue righteousness. Seek after a condition of being acceptable to God. Pursue godliness, reverence and respect, piety towards God and godliness. Pursue faith. Pursue faith, the conviction that God is who he says he is, and trust with a holy fervor. Pursue love, agape affection, that love that comes with no strings attached. Complete, selfless, self-giving love. We have to pursue it. Pursue patience. Oh, boy. Cheerful, hopeful endurance, patient waiting. Pursue gentleness, mildness, meekness, gentleness by implication, humility. Who has all these in their tool chest? <laughs> you know, where I used to work, that was a, a big thing. Uh, over plant, they'd, they'd say, well, we're going to get these tools so you can have them in your tool chest. You know, they'd send us off to a class. But who wouldn't love to have all these things ready and available for every situation in your life? A tool chest full of righteousness 
and gentleness and goodness and, and godliness and faith and love. And then he says, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession. I doubt any of us knew we were going to join a fight when we got saved. Had no idea. When we accepted Jesus as Savior, why is it called a fight? Because it is. It's a fight to keep your faith. It's a fight. Absolutely a fight. It says lay hold. Is faith, isn't faith a given? Every, to every man is given a measure. Romans 12, 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. Did you get it all when you got saved? Yes and no. Why would we be told to pursue faith if we got it all? Yeah. Paul's talking, actually, talking about here, is entering the contest of the church with the faith of the church. You know, not wandering or drifting from church to church or in and out of church, but actually presenting ourselves available, proving Jesus is who he says he is. Get in the ring with the rest of the church and not be idly by watching someone else contend. Don't conform to the world's way of thinking. Don't stand idly by. You know, we don't have to be obnoxious about our faith. We don't. Who knows that the brightness and glory of God, the goodness of God, shines brightly when you're in a cloud of darkness. It just does. Because we're saying good things, and they're saying what? They're generally complaining. It says, lay hold of eternal life. The New Living Translation says, hold tightly to eternal life. You know, we can learn from our kids. Uh, we have a three-year-old grandson named Jack. He's getting close to four now, but... and. He knows how to lay hold of things. If you ever get ready to try and take a toy out of his hand, you soon learn. Who knows moms and grandmothers have perfected bait and switch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the shiny red convertibles in the showroom, but the brown station wagons out back, the one you're going to buy, you know. <laughs> and it kind of goes, it kind of goes down like this, you know. Jack's got a toy in his hand you want to take away from him for whatever reason and you come up to him she comes up to him and she says oh jack you want a cookie he well, absolutely he wants a cookie here let me break it in half for you and you can hold each hat one half in each hand oh i'll hold that for you <laughs> bait and switch baby <laughs> us men laugh but our wives use it on us all the time, too. <laughs> you just think we don't know. <laughs> but he knows how to lay hold. 
We have to lay hold of eternal life with that kind of grip. Let me ask you a question, guys. Have you lost your joy? You don't have to answer me. We often quote this scripture. It says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. But you see, that's just part of that scripture. And it comes from Psalm 1611 and Acts 228. So let's look at that, what the entire scripture is. Psalm 1611. This is King James Version again. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The path of life is what? Salvation. That's how, where it's at. The path to eternal life. You know, what happens to relationships so many times? What do people say? Well, we just fell out of love. Yeah. Listen to what Jesus said. He addressed this directly. Revelation, the second chapter, verses 3 through 5, talking to the church of Ephesus. And he says, verse 3, You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint, verse 4, against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. You don't love me like you did at first. We have got to return to the joy of our salvation. Hold tightly to eternal life. Permit me to brag a little about heaven. Where you and I are going is going to make these billionaire dudes' houses look like shanties. Six Flags is going to look like a kid's pony ride. I'm serious. Clothes like you've never seen that shimmer and shine with the most beautiful colors you've ever seen in all your life. Landscapes that would make Niagara Falls look like water running over a city curb. Can you imagine? Can you imagine flying anywhere you want to go and not having to use plane? Cream de la cream. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is going to come down and sit with each one of us, one on one, eating a meal, laughing, and talking, and telling stories. That's what's in your future. Why wouldn't we lay hold of eternal life? Why wouldn't we? You see, this is a big part of fighting the good fight. It's huge, getting a grasp of what lies ahead. We sang the song, Holy Spirit, Rain Down. And in that song is this scripture, 
1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. When I saw that that song was singing that verse, I said, Lord, I said, what's the odds that we'd sing that scripture today? And just clear as a bell, he said, 100%. Humbling. What God does miraculously in our lives. You see, all I could ever imagine, all you could ever imagine, falls way short of what life is going to be like in truth. You remember I talked about paths being stepped on and hearts being stepped on, seed that fell on the footpath last week. Who knows the devil is a liar? He is a liar. Let me ask you some questions this morning. Are you happy that you're a Christian? Are you really happy? Do you think about it? Do you think about, I'm glad I'm a Christian? Are you glad you're saved? That heaven's your home? This is not old news, guys. We are saved. We are being saved. And we're going to be saved. It's brand new. It's fresh today. And such good news. Were you raised in a Christian family? Are you happy about that? Or has the enemy come and trampled on your memories trying to bring up things that happened that weren't good that he did? Are you hearing me? Old paths stepped on. Telling you how bad your childhood was. What's your Christian heritage? What has come down through the years to you? Let me ask you this question. What miracle did God perform in your life when he came in? What did he kick out? I'm serious. What did he kick out of your life? Did you have bad language? Did you have some bad habits? How about some bad attitudes? Did he get rid of some of those? How about some bad behavior? Have you had some bad behavior in your past life? All these are paths that the enemy has stepped on in our lives, to try and push down, to step on, crush them, so that he can, what? Steal our joy. Let's tell him right now, you can't have my joy. Tell him, you can't have my joy. Amen? Let's go to the next one. Who we are. 
Who's ever heard the salvation story be told in relationship to the metamorphosis of a butterfly? Probably about everybody here, right? And it truly is a wonder how, how that happens, you know. But I'm here to tell you that our salvation is so much more than the metamorphosis of a butterfly, where it comes from a pulpa, a caterpillar, to a pulpa, to a butterfly. <laughs> I looked this up, and I thought, wow, has this dictionary been hit? It said, the transformation from worm to butterfly is amazing. But it has, well, wait a minute, where is it? It's a complete change of form, structure, and substance as transformation by magic or witchcraft. You see, they're willing to say things can happen by magic or by witchcraft, but they're not about ascribed to the truth, which it happens by who? Yeah. Almighty God set every rule, everything in nature in place way back at the beginning. Yeah. Happened by God. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Verse 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You are the temple of God. Of God. What was in the temple, guys? The Holy of Holies. What was in the Holy of Holies? God Himself. God Himself. Psalms 84, verses 1 and 2, New Living Translation says, How lovely is your dwelling place. Oh my gosh. How lovely is his dwelling place inside of you. Did you know in you is a lovely place? How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of heaven's armies? Verse 2, I long, yes, I even faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord with my whole being, body, soul, body and soul. I will shout joyfully to the living God. What did Jesus say? He said to them, Matthew, the 21st chapter, 13th verse, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You, temple of God, are a house of prayer. You, temple of God, are a house of prayer. Then what did he say? But you have made it a den of thieves. Next step, guys. Never, ever again, a den of thieves this temple. Never, ever again, we are a house of prayer. Glory to God. What was in the very presence of God in the Holy of Holies on the mercy seat? The very breath of God. The Ruach of God resides 
in the temple of God. Inside you is the breath of God. It's hard to receive that. I know it is, but it's truth. And I can tell you right now, there's one who doesn't want you, us, to come to understanding with that, to grab hold of it. Because if we can grasp that the breath of God comes from within us, we can say to this mountain, be removed, and it will go. Are you with me this morning? Next step. No wandering. No going from church to church. In and out of services. No wandering. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. We're going to lay hold of eternal life. I mean, is there any other way to eternal life in Jesus. Congratulations, you found it. The only way to eternal life, and you found it. What a great thought, right? We're going to return to the joy of our salvation. Devil, you can't have it. It's our joy. Jesus gave it to me. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. I think I'm going to dive over that big waterfall. (laughs) And remember who we are in Christ. That his breath comes out of our innermost beings. Out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. What is the living water? It is the breath of God. His words. His anointing. Him. Him. Him, Holy Spirit. He teaches us all things and he brings all things to remembrance. Will you pray with me? Father, I ask with the great anointing of Holy Spirit to reside in each one of us here today. That mighty anointing, the mighty breath of God in each one of us, that it would begin to flow out of us, that we would release it out, the power of God, unto those around us. The living word of God. I ask that anointing for every person here today that they would let go of all the lies the enemy told them. Each one of us, the lies about our families, the lies about our relationships, the lies about who we are, the lies about what our future is, what the plan is for our life. Father, I ask for an anointing, a mighty anointing on each one of us, that it would strip from us, absolutely strip from us all the lies that we release them from our soul in Jesus' name. And we bind to our soul the mighty anointing of God. 
the glory of God. We pursue righteousness. We pursue godliness. We pursue peace. We pursue love. We pursue faith, Father. We thank you for it. All honor and glory is yours, Lord Jesus. All honor and glory goes to you. And we all people, God's people say, Amen. 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 How good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell together in unity. Amen. 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 Glory to God.